All right, housekeeping time. I don't know what podcast platform you use to listen to this show, but if you haven't given us a rating on it, please do so. If you're on Spotify or Apple, it's real easy. You click five stars, you click submit. Apple lets you write a review. Go ahead, write us some nice things. Joey will read it to me because, as you know, I'm illiterate. If you like raunchy jokes and comedy, you can see me live in person appearing in the Late Night Dirty Show at the Secret Group on Polk every Friday and Saturday at midnight. But for now, enjoy the show. He's got Ferreira at the far post. Can he get a shot off? It's Ferreira to get his second! Yes, he does! Goes in off the hands of JT Marcinkowski. Sebas Ferreira has picked up the second. It's 4-2 Houston Dynamo. Welcome back to the Houston Dynapod podcast. I'm your host, Finister, and with me, as always, is my whore of a co-host, Joey. Say hi, Joe. Hello, everyone. Now, Joey, I mean that in a loving way. You know I why feel I'm like part. you should call him your better half, if we're being honest. He is my better half, but there you go. I mean, he's breaking my heart. I'm list- I didn't even know he was popping in to Dynamo Theory's podcast until I listened to the it's latest Dynamo episode. Theory. Oh, you're right. Bayou City Soccer. <laughs> exactly. It's not Sorry. Dynamo Theory. It's Bayou City Soccer. Get it I right. Forget- I forgot they got canceled. It must have been Chris. He offended somebody. I didn't even know Joey was stepping out hardcore until I listened to the uh, second episode of Bio City Soccer with the uh, Scrapyard and Yunkyard Dogs. Joey, what's been up, man? How's your day? Dude, pretty solid. Done absolutely nothing, which is always nice. I'm envious. I've been busy since like 8.30 this morning, and I went to bed at like 4 o'clock last night. But uh, aside from my better half... If you didn't already recognize that other chipper voice, that's Sean. Sean, what's up, man? Uh, not much. It's a Saturday, man. Just chilling, enjoying it. And then along with Sean, one of my one of my all-time favorites. He has the nicest house I've nicest house I've ever left a soccer game at halftime in. Rudy Segura. What up, Rudy? What's up, man? Yeah, your beer's still there, I think, man. So, you know, come get it. I left it there just to give you COVID. Remember? Yeah, I'm glad I didn't catch it, man. You look like we had we had a good food and, and you said no to it, man. It hurt my feelings and we're probably not inviting you anymore ever again. I'm just going to show up. <laughs> and then along with Rudy, it's been a minute, but the youngest one of the bunch from Keeping Tabs. What's up, Colin? Yo, what's up, fellas? I'm ready to talk some Dynamo. Get my Dynamo on. Earn my Dynamo stripes. It's going to be good. And... After, I guess, a year of podcasting, I haven't actually met him in person or talked online in a podcast with him, is Chris Scroggins from Dynamo Faithful. What's up, Chris? Hey, man. Thanks for uh, for having me on. And uh, hi to everybody out there, I guess. We're like the new kids on the block, so I'm just kind of happy to be here, to be honest. Yeah, we all we all enjoy listening to y'all's show. I love your uh, the music and the way the audio sounds. It's really well put together. Yeah, y'all have a incredibly well produced show, uh, and that is extremely high praise coming from me. So keep it up, keep it up, Chris. Y'all are doing a great work over there. I mean, you well, have thanks. 
Mark freezes on the regular on your vidcast. He constantly freezes. And you talk about my internet. You know, yeah, we won't talk about that right now. Hoping that's resolved this offseason before we kick back off for our show, too. But uh, yeah, let's do this. I always like when it freezes, when Mark's face looked like looks like he slammed his hand in a car door. It freezes on like an awkward face of his. That's my favorite. I miss Mark. So, guys, we got a shitload to talk about. And the first topic, the big topic, is the new signings. And there have been, Joey, you're the you're the stat man. What, eight, nine? It's eight in, nine out. Fuck, that's so many. That's a lot. So, uh, Joey, what's your feelings about him overall? And then who's your stud and who do you think is going to be a bust? Overall, pretty positive. I think it's a good mix of young and old. I think we got some guys with MLS winning experience. Some guys with some good experience at foreign leagues, but for my, I think their best signing is definitely Artur. I think that was our biggest need was shoring up the defensive side of our midfield. Vera had a really weak season. Herrera doesn't look as good going back as he did maybe with Porto and Atletico. And then for our worst signing, I would say it could be boring and say Tarbell, but I think I'm going to go with Vanderkust right now because I think I have the most question marks on him out of all of them. But he could always end up being really good. You said you had a lot to say about him. What 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 are you thinking about Vanderkus? About all DJ? Uh I've seen him play before. I've seen him play a few times for Utrecht because I do follow them pretty closely because of Taylor Booth over there. And he's never really impressed me, especially going forward. He's a really good tackler, but I think it's a little bit of an odd signing to spend an international spot on someone who's not going to be a guaranteed starter at left back, but he could always prove me wrong. Cause there's a positive side to it too. Cause I know they did talk about wanting a defensive fullback and an offensive fullback on the field at all times. And he's more of that defensive counter to Brad Smith who's more of the offensive guy. See, uh, that's why I keep Joey around. How many of you have ever watched FC Utrecht play anybody? Twice. Twice. Anybody yeah, else? I, I actually have as well. Am I the only schmuck that hasn't? Probably. Yeah. Well, no, you, like you and Youngblood. You and Youngblood. Right now, Colin's trying to figure out if Utrecht is the guy from The Last Kingdom on Netflix. He thought that was the main character. I, I know of Utrecht because of Taylor Booth as well, but like I'd never seen him play in my life, Like to be honest. Like, I know the name, but I didn't know. I've never watched them. In, the, in that league, I've watched uh, AZ, Feneyord, and... Uh, was it Ajax? Yeah, no, Ajax. Yeah. Utrecht also had uh, Rubio Rubin a few years ago, too. He was a pretty good young player. He sucks now, but at the time. Well. All right, Colin. Colin, how are you feeling about these new guys? Overall, very, very good offseason. I think in contrast a little to what stats Joey Stats just said, I, I'm kind of high on Vander Kust, even though I've never seen him play. So it's like, I just, based on what I hear, like, I think he's going to be a good fill-in. And obviously, I think we all know Brad Smith came to be a starter. I think that's what was kind of in the deal whenever he wanted to sign for free. So, but he's not my favorite. I'd say my my stud is Amine Bossi. He's the only guy we really paid money for, really, if I'm looking at it right. I may be wrong. No, yeah, yeah, because like we got Vanderkust on, on a loan. Ivan Franco on a loan, which we all know 
it seems to be the guy that he's competing the spot with for. And my least attractive signing is probably Auguste. I'm not very high on him, but it seems like he's part of the plans. He has a number, which means he's he's part of the squad. There's a bunch of guys training with us that don't even have a number. I think in preseason was a deal where he had to, to prove he was going to be on the team or not. I don't know if he did that or not, but it looks like he might play, but he's probably my least attractive. You mean physically or like performance on the pitch? A little bit of both. Okay. Who's the handsomest signing you think, Colin? Who looks the prettiest? I think it's Franco Escobar. That, uh, I, I could go with that. He has the MLS Cup tattoo, which is pretty sexy. I mean, I like Yvonne Franco, but he looks a little young. I love that hair, minus the David Louise factor. Rudy, what about you, man? Have you guys covered this yet? All these new guys? Yeah, a little bit. So what do you think? Um, I'm kind of feeling with Joey, uh, you know, with our tour coming in, I think is probably the biggest need that we had asked for. Uh, But also Ivan Franco is a nice one just because uh, we have been asking for another attacking piece. And, you know, he's supposed to probably have a good chemistry with uh, Sebas Pereira. So I think that would be pretty good of a, to see that work, whether, you know, Ivan Franco can actually assist Ferreira as we want. And then as far as maybe the ones that I dislike, and maybe just because we haven't seen anything of him, it seems like he's uh, trying to get um, his work visa and everything ready. It's probably Ashara, just because now... In the beginning, when we got him, there was nothing else happening. So it seemed like, oh, okay, we have another attacking piece for Dev. But now he's basically, you know, out of that Dev chart to me. Yeah, Rudy, have you seen any of the clips from Libertad with uh, Franco and Sebas? Had the chemistry between them? I haven't seen a lot of it just because, um, you know, he was only there for a little bit, uh, Sebas was. And I think it was at, also around the same time that Franco was starting to kind of decline a little bit. Um, so I haven't really seen a lot of it. I saw, um, when I was making his little cut up, man, there are some plays where these two, the chemistry between them and the ability to see where he's going. It's, it's exciting. And I'm really excited for it. And yeah, I agree with you on Achara and every, you know, everybody was down on him when we signed him because we know what he is. He's going to be a backup. He's a pacey backup to change the game in the end. Let me ask, uh, add a little bit on Franco real quick though. Um, cause I had. I talked to Joey about this before, but, you know, seeing the guy live, he is tiny, man. I mean, I think he's five, six, five, seven, but he is like, you know, super uh, skinny. So my concern is definitely going to be if he can adapt to the physical league, you know, uh, he probably has a pace and the agility, but can he, uh, you know, be hopefully injury doesn't come his way, if that makes sense. Well, Bassey's kind of, uh, he's kind of dainty as well. He's kind of little. He's a little guy. He is little, but he he's more uh, kind of like gives you that Jovinko look to him, you know, like a little, I don't know, the center of gravity is much better on him, a little stocky guy. But Franco's definitely pretty tiny. I mean, reminds me of uh, Quintero before last season. That's who he kind of, but I mean, the stuff he does, I mean, I think he could be better than Darwin, but we'll see. I, plus, I don't know anything. Sean, what about you, ma'am? I know going at the end of last year, you were, uh, didn't you go into a cave and turn off all your electronics due to the poor performance of the team? Uh, absolutely. Uh, and, you know, work being work things. But uh, yeah, I mean, I didn't turn them off. I just have not 
clearly have not been as active on Twitter. Uh, thanks, Twitter, for completely ruining TweetDeck uh, and making it virtually useless for me. Uh, but yeah, let me let me real quick talk about uh, best signing, worst signing. Um, I'm you know I'm gonna echo the sentiment of the best signing for many in Artur is without a doubt the best signing of the offseason. Um, and I am high on Bazi for what it's worth. Uh, I He's got a lot of capability, a lot of potential, um, and he's got a lot of creativity. Uh, I like the comparison for him to uh, uh, to a Giovinco. Um, I think that uh, while he doesn't have necessarily the seasoned quality that Giovinco had when he got to MLS, I think that uh, with time, Bazi can, can kind of form into that. Um my my guy that I'm lowest on right now, and it is completely opposite of everybody else. I am very, 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 very low on Ivan Franco's capability to be the guy um, out on the wing. Uh, I just don't see it. I, I don't. Uh, you know, it was mentioned he's a very small guy uh, in terms of stature. Um, if you ask me, he's another memo uh, in terms of play. Uh, and we've kind of seen what memo is. So, you know, kind of think about that and you start to see it as you start to think about it. Uh, yeah, he's got chemistry with Sebas and that that's great, but, uh, they also haven't played together for three and a half years. So chemistry does die over time. You know, yeah, they could be great friends. Great friends doesn't necessarily equate to great play on the pitch every time. Um, and he didn't exactly have a great last season. Uh, he, you know, he was in a car wreck uh, and uh, has not really been the same player since then. And he wasn't even a great player before then. So I'm not real high on him, you know, and, and I'm never a big fan of people being hyped up on a player that another player on the same team recommends, you know, or, or kind of recruits because that can be detrimental and that can be a bad way of doing business. That can be great, but it can also be very bad. And I think we may have a situation where. Sure, he could be a diamond in the rough, but he also just could be flat out rough. So we'll see. You're still uh, traumatized from Memo Rodriguez, aren't you? You're not over it. No, I'm not traumatized because Memo had quality. Um, it's just that, uh, you know, once Wilmer decided to leave, uh, <laughs> you know, uh, without his you know knowledge, uh, you know, Memo became useless uh, and got worse and worse as the years went by. Uh, and I just don't think players in that mold, uh, in that style, um, can be super effective in MLS. As as defenders and defenses have gotten far more physical um, and far more capable, the memo style of play where jack of all trades but master of none, it just no longer works out. Um, you've either got to be super fast, you've got to be super you know, agile, uh, you know, super creative. You have to have something that is your kind of flair, your personality, your thing that makes you you. Um, and with, you know, Ivan Franco, the thing that makes him him is his friendship with Sebas. And if that's all he's got going for him, I don't have high hopes. You know, there's there's a certain number nine that you, me, and I believe Scroggins, we all love. And you could say that he's a jack of all trades and a master of none, although they got pumped today. You know who I'm talking about, right? Sean, I know because I, I didn't didn't no. watch the match today. It's horrible. I just want to go back to bed. I don't know. Oh, I'm talking about <laughs> Kane, man. I, I know you're talking about Spurs. Yeah, I'm talking about Harry. Mm. Mm. I mean, Harry's also proven it already. There's kind of a difference, you know, Harry's at least yeah. tall. Harry's at least strong. 
Well, shit, yeah, Fraser Force. Think, things even on Franco is certainly not right. So, but it's saving he is, money. He, he, is. he can but, buy it. You know, buy that, a two, that's a car. Oh, we're just all over yeah, the place. That's right that's not why we're here. That's right. Follow. Put it back to ADHD. Man, why am I the one leaving this in? Scroggins. We're going to talk Dynamo. Yes. How do you feel about these new guys? Who you like, who you dislike? Let's do it. Man, uh, I think I'm in agreement with a lot of people that uh, Artur is probably our best signing. I think a lot of our problems that we ran into uh, defensively last year, well, our our back line wasn't like the greatest thing in human history. I, I think a lot of it just came from our midfield being a literal sieve and people just being able to run through it like a screen door. Um, and uh, I think Artur will help with that a whole bunch. And I'm really, um, you know, I'm just a sucker for, for a good D-mid. I like to watch somebody break somebody's shins. You know, that's just fun. Um, and so I, that's who I'm most excited to see slot in, see how he plays. Um, the The signing I'm actually lowest on is, in this might be, a really hot take here is Brad Smith. Um, I don't, uh, I don't have a whole lot of confidence that he's going to recover his form. And then seeing that our backup is Vanderkust, um, you know, a, a child from the Netherlands. Uh, so he's, I mean, if, if Brad Smith doesn't come on, then um, just, just looking at how, Ben Olsen has played in the past, like that last season with DC United, 2019, 2020. Um, he played an unbalanced asymmetric formation where the left, well, for him, it was the right back, but I'm assuming our left back would be providing width there. If Brad's not healthy and if Brad can't do it, uh, I think we're in for another miserable season. Um, so uh, I guess I'm lowest on Brad Smith's knee and that's, I mean that that's the signings for me. Man, you can't put that that disappointing season energy out into the atmosphere. Everybody, I think everybody is excited. Like, I mean, there is always the possibility that this doesn't work because there's so many pieces that it's going to take so long for these guys to gel. But they did the trip to Mexico. They've got the majority of these new guys have been here for months and have been practicing together. And the chemistry, it's building. But for me, my stud player is Franco Escobar. I like him because he can play the center back on the right side and he can play the right back. And if you watched any highlights of the lowlights of the match versus America, Griffin Dorsey got beat like he stole something. It was it was absolutely horrendous, his defensive play. Granted, it's early and they are a better club. But my stud right now is Franco Escobar. I would I would have put Artur second. My bust, and I'm not counting guys like Achara or Auguste or Tarbo because the, if they see the field, it's in an open cup game or we have a lot of injuries. My bust right now, I'm going to put as Vanderkust or Cust because he is so young. There's not a lot on him. And if you watch the highlights, there's not really a whole lot there aside from pace and aggressiveness to get excited about. I think, uh, was it Joey called him a defensive player? I mean, you could argue that Brad Smith is every bit as good as a defensive player, if not better than him. I didn't see anything that really sparked me defensively or offensively. But like you know, Chris said, he he's a child. And overall, I haven't been this excited about a Dynamo season since I started following the club. 
this is going to be, I think, I mean, if they expand it to a 19 playoff, I would expect us to at least have that play in game versus number eight. If it stays with seven, I would expect us to be close on the last day, but not possibly not make it. Colin, what do you got? I just really wanted to piggyback off how you were saying that the team gelling and chemistry stuff, like, I follow a bunch of the players on Instagram and, and they're like constantly posting stories with each other. Like bossy, especially is with everybody. Teenage is like with everybody. It just looks like they're really becoming friends. And I, I'm seeing Hector Herrera start to post in that regard too, as like with, with uh, the teammates and, and he posted something about Sebastian Ferreira on his story yesterday. And, and to me, that means a lot. Like the team is starting to gel together and integrate together. And that's really good to see with, basically a team where like 50 percent of the the players are new yeah and i mean you didn't see that last year i don't i don't recall i follow these guys on instagram and twitter as well i don't ever recall seeing bonding experiences the vibes seem so different the vibe feels so different this preseason i just it feels like there was a plan the entire time and it just feels like it was all put together so good And, and i agree like I'm I, like I'm on Vandercust, but he's a question mark, a very unproven player. It's not like we got someone like Ivan Franco to be the starter, and that's essentially what Vandercust is asked to be. And I think we'd all be a little upset if someone like Ivan Franco was a dead starter. And I think it's good that there's at least positional flexibility in the left wing spot. But Vandercust seems to be the the guy right there, and that's that's a little scary. I agree. Yeah, there's competition all over the pitch, and I think Vanderkust is just the guy until Smith comes back. And yeah, Scroggins, I'm a little worried about his knee too because Baird had a similar injury, and he didn't even look like he belonged in MLS until what, sixty percent of the season was gone. So there's a, there's a chance that Brad takes yeah. a minute to get back. Yeah, it's the it's the lack of cover on that wing. I mean, we brought in like when we got uh ivan right and his glorious hair um he reminds me of um sideshow bob from the simpsons but uh when when we got ivan i was a little bit nervous until we got bossy in as well and then i'm like okay we got coverage right we we we're not putting all our eggs in one basket and i i just feel like with the brad smith move that's what we did and you know our backup is is a guy i i don't know vanderkus's you know personal story but i doubt he's lived outside of the netherlands at all and so now we're talking about bringing in a young guy new culture you know like living overseas is challenging and i'm sure the club will do as much as they can but it's still going to be an adjustment for the kid not to mention like him most likely being our starting left back unless they trot out dorsey on that side like they did during the preseason god i hope not that was that was rough that was bad that did not look good because Bedorsi's never been that defensive back. He's always been the guy that gets forward and creates something. I mean, he'll he'll track back, but geez, he's not he's no Franco Escobar. So we kind of all touched a little bit on how we're feeling about this season. And what we're gonna look for now is your outlook, basically your, your prediction as to where we're gonna go. And I think I've already said mine where I think if there's nine teams that get in per conference that we're playing in, we're playing that last game. And if it were home, we get in. If we're on the road, we don't get in. But overall season outlook, I think this is the most exciting season for a lot of Dynamo supporters in, I would say, since probably 2010 or 11 in a decade. And I, I hope that we show up and we support them because 
I've said this before a million times, but Siegel and Onstead have really done everything we've asked for. They loaded us up with attackers and they showed up the back line and they replaced a impotent defensive midfielder in Matias Vera with one who is quite engorged in our tour. But uh, Scroggy, what do you think, man? What's your season outlook look like? Look like? Yeah, um, a couple things that I'm hoping to see. Um, I want to see uh, Nelson Quinones overtake Baird on the right wing. Uh, that's that's one thing. That's one of my predictions. If projections, um, and I think I also think that uh, either Castilla or Reigns will get significant minutes. Uh, but probably not both, just because of our midfield being pretty stacked as it is. Well, who do you, hey, who do you um, think who do you think they would take minutes from in the midfield? Uh, over those two, I I think they would do Reigns just because he offers something. No, no, no. I mean, I mean that we don't all between Ache Ache and Coco and oh, who, Artur. Would yeah, drop? who would they? Who, uh, yeah, Hector, Hector, because he's old. I think he'll just need rest. You know, um, I'm you know I'm. Uh, I just hit 40 this year and I can't run in the heat, you know, and I, I just imagine while he's a professional athlete, I mean, that heat and humidity is a real thing and it's going to grind him down and he's going to need a break. So um, I would think that he would, he would, uh, he would be the one to just rest his legs every now and again. So, but, uh, yeah. but yeah, either, either Castilla or Reigns. I, I really want Castilla uh, just because I think the kid's phenomenal and he's been beasting out for Columbia. Um and then I, I think we'll also I think we'll finish just below playoffs. I don't think we'll quite make it into the playoffs, um, but I do think just knowing Ben Olsen's history, thinking back to 2013, I think we'll make a good U.S. Open Cup run. Um, I, I'm thinking at least semifinals with that. That I mean that's important, but I th I think most of us are really basing it because I mean when we made a when we won the Open Cup the year after the Western Conference Finals. A lot of people summed that season up as a failure. That didn't uh Wilmer lost his job the following year, didn't he? Or that year? Was it that year? Uh I can't remember. The open cup was what, 2017? 2018. 2018. Yeah. When did Wilmer lose his job, Joey? Well, Wilmer Wilmer got canned in twenty nineteen. Okay. Yeah. So, I think it was like late, it was like August around that time. Yeah, they put Arno in charge. Arnode, Arnaud, however you say it. All right, Sean. How you feeling about this season, man? Uh, uh, you know, if you'd asked me that question like two months ago or even a month and a half ago, I might have had a very different answer. Um, it's still not the greatest answer, but uh, I'm in the same boat. I don't I'm not projecting playoffs this year. Uh, I'm projecting a fight for the playoffs. Uh, I'm seeing a fight for the playoffs. Uh you know, I think we 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 look at a potential midseason signing and maybe a U twenty two guy to kind of fill out a position of need, uh, whatever that may be. Uh, I think we look at probably another trade or two uh, in the in the midseason as well. Um, I want to disagree. I think you're going to see the best version of Corey um, that we've seen yet, um, including the last five games of last season uh, where he. Finally finally got back into rhythm and form. Uh, I think you're going to see that version of him, but on a completely different level where he's actually getting uh, opportunities um, and has the confidence to take guys on again, um, especially with Escobar behind him instead of, uh, I don't know, Griffin Dorsey, who can't defend worth a shit. Um, 
And, uh, you know, I, I think that uh, Quinones is going to be the guy who's going to be on the outside looking in at that position. Um, but that is a good thing. Um, I think we do see on the left side, you know, I, I it's going to be a fight for Bozzi, but I think Bozzi's ultimately going to win that fight. Um, as far as between Castillo and Reigns, I don't think there's any doubt they're much higher on Reigns than they are on Castillo. Um, I, I just, you can see it. Um, and everything that they say. Uh, and if they could have, they would have had him with the senior team as a homegrown last year. Um, but they had to wait a year. So, uh, you know, I think he's going to get minutes. I, I don't think he'll get minutes to start the season by any, any you know, starts of the imagination. But I think, you know, another player midseason who could come up and potentially change, help change and shift things around. Um, I'm in agreement. I think probably Ache Ache sees the bench a little bit, but I also think we see a rotation there where Ache Ache gets a break or Artur gets a break or uh, even Coco gets a break because you've got, you know, you've got opportunities to bring a, a Reigns in or bring even a Castilla up for for short stints or or even longer stints uh, to to kind of give them opportunities while also resting guys. And I think that's going to be the name of the game for Ben this season. Uh, as a coach is is making sure he's giving everybody the rest that they need and keeping them fresh um, while still maintaining as much of a cohesive unit as possible. Finn is muted. John, those are some really, really good takes though. That's really Thanks. good stuff. Yeah. I'd yeah, love it's... to know where I cut out. <laughs> <laughs> oh no, you didn't you didn't cut out it. It's all saved to the hard drive. I got this. I got this. Um see, I think I'm with Scroggins on the uh Castilla talk. I think Castilla is gonna be better than Brooklyn. I just don't think Castilla's gotten the uh the looks. They might they might be higher on Brooklyn in their minds, but I think performance on the pitch that Castilla's been better. He's seen more. Well, here's here's the difference, right? Castilla came up through this system. They don't give a rat's ass about our academy system. They've proven that. Yeah. So why would they give Castilla the longer look when they intentionally went and made a move to grab Brooklyn Reigns? They want Reigns. That says more to me than having Castilla just in the system. And I think and, I, and I think... they gave. Oh, let me finish this real quick, Chris, if you don't mind. Yeah. Um, sorry. No, you're fine. Uh, and they gave Reigns more time in open cup than they gave Castilla last season. Uh, and, and in, you know, the supplementary matches, if you will. So, you know, take that for, you know, with a grain of salt, but take it for what it's worth too. They clearly think more at a organizational level of Brooklyn Reigns than they do of Castilla. And I think some of that has to do with the height and physicality difference. Now you can go, Chris. Yeah. Sorry. I think, uh, I think you're right on with that, with the Reigns Castilla stuff, and and Castilla I think plays a lot more similarly to Ache Ache and Artur, um, you know, and he and whereas Reigns is more of a forward thinking, progressive type midfielder, which we don't have as much of, unless you count like Bossy dropping back and playing some kind of eight slash ten role, um, but uh, but yeah, I think you're right on, Sean. Yeah, I do agree with you for what you're worth. They are kind of two similar, you know, players that play in the same position, but for all their similarities, they definitely have differences. And I think their desire is if they're supplementing Artur and giving him a rest, it's going to be in matches where they're not as concerned about defensive cover and they're going to want that push forward, which is why I, you know, another reason why I think Reigns is probably the more likely to get the extra minutes. Yeah, you know, you say they don't give a shit about our academy, but this is 
this is a new front office. <clears throat> this is a new look, a new look dynamo. I, I, I would imagine. So you never know, but yeah, I, they did go out and get Brooklyn. He did get more minutes and Castilla just seems to be like the forgotten kid down there. And a lot, you know, we haven't talked about Quinones a lot, but I don't see him beating Corey out this season. I don't see him jumping over Baird on the right. And I don't see anybody beating Bassey or Bossy or Bassi, however you say it on the left, because he's played at a high level. He's played at a much higher level than some of these guys we brought in. And when you watch what he's been able to do at these high levels, it's pretty fucking impressive. Rudy, what about you, man? Oh, and Chris, you can interrupt Sean. He hates being interrupted. In fact, interrupt him more. It gets him going. <laughs> now, I'm trying to play nice. I want to I want to make friends here. Oh, oh you, it, it's not an issue. I just I needed to make sure I didn't forget the point before I forgot the point, if that makes sense. That's all it was. No, totally, totally, man. I was being I was being. A and, and Finn, let's be honest. You're the only one that can get me going, baby. I know. <laughs> Online and in person. Speaking of which, we are going to have to meet up this uh, this season. You know sure. where to find me. I'm in that section. I don't go anywhere else. Oh, I don't go in that section. I know, and that's the reason you'll never meet me. Don't you drink? Don't you go to like Pitch 25? I mean, yeah, pregame, yeah. Well, I mean, you could always come out to a show. I'll get you in for free. Rudy, my man, my brother, mi hermano. How you feeling about this year? Well, before, you know, have to break up a little bit the love affair happening right here. Looks like you guys need to maybe get a bed for Valentine's. But um, <laughs> the the dynamo in itself, man, I, I'm going with the mentality that we're going to get that wooden spoon, man. That That's that's how I'm going to approach this season. If it if it happens, I kind of saw it coming. If it doesn't, it was progress. But no, in all seriousness, you know, I think it has gotten – the last, especially the last three season, you know, finishing dead last twice and then, you know, second a coach before the end of their first years being kind of interesting. But looking forward, I am overall optimistic, even though I've been a little sarcastic. But <laughs> the the idea of seeing Ben Olsen, you know, take this squad with, uh, you know, full preseason is fantastic. And then players you know coming in that i guess we have been asking for and and you know the desired uh, uh upgrades and positions fantastic as well and then having a whole hector herrera um you know whether he performs on the field or not i think we'll find out for sure but um you know i think he is that superstar caliber uh player that i believe is going to be able to um help link you know both the defense and the offense i don't expect for him to get, get a ton of assists and or a ton of goals but he's going to be the creative uh at least player to to begin or end the uh, opponent's attack man so overall i'm feeling good um yeah i don't i'm excited for the season to begin uh now if we're talking playoffs yeah i'm kind of with all of you guys i don't think we make the playoffs um at all but we can we can make the playoffs. We're in competition. And you know what, Rudy? You talk about the love affair with me and Sean. And I'm going to tell you, when you said that, in my mind, I saw Sean on one of those heart-shaped beds that spins slowly around. And while he's on this bed, his legs are kicked up, his ankles are crossed, and he's blowing rose petals out of his palms at me. And we spend the evening, a glorious evening, sipping champagne and feeding each other chocolate-covered strawberries. That sounds romantic, doesn't it? I didn't... I 
Yeah, I didn't expect anything else from you, man. I mean, think. I mean, you guys try that on your women. I'll try it on Sean. We'll meet back and we'll. I'll let you know who was most successful. You in, Sean? Heart shaped bed. You and me. Strawberries and champagne. I'm debating whether I want to respond in the affirmative or the negative. I don't know. <laughs> to get back to you. What does your heart say when I said that? What it was the first thing your heart did? Did it grow two sizes? <laughs> did anything else we're, grow two we're... sizes? <laughs> it skipped a beat. We have we have diverted beat. from Dynamo Talk back to Dynamo Talk. There's too many of us. We've got to get. I got time limits, man. I Sean, got time are, limits. Sean, are you Irish? Are you Irish? I'm not. I'm not. Uh, that's odd because every time I think of you, my penis is doubling. All right. We're going to move over to my boy. Oh, it's so bad. I know. That's a corny joke. Joe, are you up? Colin's up, right? Not like that. I mean, like with the season. How you feeling? Oh, yeah. Yeah, I'm feeling pretty good. I got us I got to sing in eighth place right now. Um I do think a really good thing that that is changing my outlook on our playoffs is that the whole nonsense with Minnesota right now with Reynoso, I think that probably drops some out of the playoffs and probably opens up a spot for us possibly. Um I think depth is going to be our biggest issue especially in that midfield cuz we do have the gold cup this summer. So we're going to lose Herrera we're going to lose Coco for an entire month. And we're probably going to lose Castilla too for a month for the U20 World Cup. So we're going to struggle a bit. I think no. we're going to need to bring in someone else. If we don't, we're going to be a little screwed. Especially also, I think for uh, the Gold Cup, what there's a Surrey, Maine, whatever, there's another country that's going to be that Vander Coast is actually going to be playing for. Is he by by national? Yeah, yeah, he's dual national. It's like a there's a they're like recruiting all these different players now. They're like Dutch. It was uh, Suriname. 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 Yes. However you say. It. <laughs> yeah. Speaking of that, how do we say? So, uh, yeah, that's last my name. biggest worry. Bossy. Well, bossy. Yeah, I think it's isn't he French? He's so Moroccan. Bossy. He's Moroccan. Yeah, he's French. No, he played well, in France. But Morocco is French, okay. It's an African. Well, Morocco French. was a French colony. Yeah, it's still French. Colonizers. So, either way, I mean, if it's Arabic or French pronunciation, it's going to be bossy. Mm-hmm. Colin, you've been quiet over there. How do you uh, how are you feeling about this season, man? What's your outlook? So I'll jump into this, I guess, later on in this talk. But I do want to mention first and foremost that if they do expand to the playoffs where the play-in or the, the ninth and eighth team play each other. I think we're going to make that. Ooh. Now, it changes Hell yeah. really drastically if they don't do that. But I'll get to that. So I'm high on the season, like flat out, no matter which way it goes. But there's like a few things that really need to go our way if 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 we're going to define this as a successful season. And there's, there's too many things that need to go our way. There's a lot of question marks. I mean, a full team – but a full team also comes with consequences. And I don't know if that's going to affect uh, affect how we play on the field or not. But I do agree with Sean that this is going to be a totally different Corey Baird season, right? 
And I really don't have a lot of reasons to go off that. I mean, he's been utterly shit. Like, to put it quite frankly, like, since he came, I don't count those last five games, to be honest. I mean, it was good that he balled out, and that maybe helps my optimism. But I I just – he was a good player before he came. He was good for LAFC. He won the Rookie of the Year. So I I am kind of high on him. And and we had a little bit of Reigns and uh, Castilla talk. I think it's flat-out Reigns. Someone else said that they bought him. That's true. They went out and paid money for this guy. Castilla's not even a Pat Onstad guy. He's a Matt Jordan guy, and Reigns is a bona fide Pat Onstad guy. And Pat Onstad's on Glenn Davis' show flat out saying that Reigns will receive – I forget the wording he used, but basically Reigns will play a lot. And that's not to say I'm not high on Castilla, but he's balling out against kids while Reigns was balling out in the Open Cup against real professionals. And there's just levels to that, I guess. You know, everybody and, oh go ahead, my bad. And and to end it off with the playoff talk, I just think that that play in tournament helps the bad team so much more because it makes it makes it so much graspable and so much more attainable that your playoff hopes, if you count the play in tournament part of the playoffs, is it's alive uh until the last five games of the season. I mean, that's I'm not good at math. Sounds like sixty-ish percent of teams make the playoffs, make the play-in. I mean, that's the majority. So it's like you should feel like their odds. They should the players should feel like their odds are pretty good going into the season, which should help. And I know we start very, very hard. We have one of the hardest starts this season out of any team in the league. So it's going to define a lot how we do that on how the season goes. You know, people sleep on Corey Baird and. I think he's going to have a breakout season. I don't think he'll be our MVP. I don't think he'll win the golden boot, but I think people are just so down on him because he kind of looks like the kid that when you went to school, he had to sit in the front of the bus and wear a seatbelt, right? He just doesn't look scary. He kind of gives, he kind of gives me Napoleon dynamite vibes. Like he's in the corner of the dance, staring at the girl by himself. <laughs> by the Not to mention that ugly, that, that ugly arm tat he has. Oh, the tree. I don't know. Yes, dude. I don't trust true. anybody with it. Look, Cor- Corey made a bad choice at one point in his life. We need to forgive him. There's millions of people with that stupid fucking tattoo. I don't know he what got, is that. He got it off Pinterest that he showed the tattoo artist. That's I've seen, happened. dude. I've seen that tattoo on so many people. It's but not, but what girls is it? mainly. It's like like a, that, that's a girly tattoo. Like, well, he's no he's he is okay in his masculinity. To have a feminine tattoo on and his arm. That's good for him. Good that makes him, him that makes him more of a man than all of us. He wears pink. I wear pink. I'm wearing it right now. Ever since we started talking about that heart-shaped bed. I put on some new clothes. What's up, Sean? With the mirror on the ceiling? Oh man, I don't have the budget for that yet. I'm working on it. Working on it. All right, topic three. This was uh this was the brainchild of Joey. And Joey, I have you in the middle, but since this is your brainchild. I'm going to put you at the front of the line so you can go on and tell us about your prediction for Dynamo MVP and who wins our golden boot. Hit it, Joey. All right. So I think for our team MVP, I got, I got teenage Adebe. I think the team looks so much better when he's in the lineup. The issue last year for a lot of the season was when he had that stretch where he wasn't playing. That's when we had that Philly game, for example, where we just got absolutely shit on. I think he really stabilized the defense he showed in the limited time. He had a good understanding of playing with Ethan Bartlow, who probably is our other center back this year. I think 
that his ability to move the ball into the midfield as well is also going to be key. And without him playing most games, we are going to struggle defensively because I don't trust Stares and Bartlow. So I think he's our most important player. And for Golden Boot, I mean, it's got to be Sebas, but if I'm going to say someone else other than Sebas, I'm going to go with with Baird because I do agree. I think he's going to have a good season. Hell yeah. You know, a lot of people are thinking Bartlow is going to start, and I think that they're a year too early in that prediction. Hey, look, if he couldn't beat out, and I know he missed the year with injury, basically, his, his rookie season, but he couldn't beat out Tim Parker, and Tim Parker was one of the lowest performing center backs consistently over a two-year period. But highest paid center back as well. You got to play your highest paid player. Yeah, you do, but I mean, Jesus Christ. Anyway, Bartlow, I think he's going to get there. I don't know if it's that. I like the beard he's growing. That does look good. Colin, what about you, man? Who's your MVP? And I guess, I guess, if we're going golden boot, I think it's pretty much a, a cinch where we would all say Sebas. So let's go with number two, kind of like Joey did. You're up. Okay, Colin. I agree with that. And so uh, in 2017, we got Juan de from Colombia. And that season, he was the MVP. And he was so important to the team making the playoffs, the team making the run, and, and everything like that. And I guess kind of like following that, Arthur is going to be the one to be of 2017. I think he's going to be the MVP. I just think he's worlds better than Vera or anyone else we've ever had in that position, whether it's... Hello? Yeah. Was it him or Hello. was it me? Yeah, I'm still here. I was Colin. That Colin? Oh, it's it's Colin. It's Colin. Oh, Colin. His phone died. Yeah, he warned us. He was up all night making TikToks. Drained his battery. All right, so we'll skip Colin and come back to him. Rudy. I've never called it. I've never heard it called that before. Have heard it called what? Up Wait, all night what? making TikToks. No, I really think that's what he was doing. Trying to get TikTok famous. Colin, I are you there? Out. Oh, no. Colin, you cut out. Did my... When did. did I cut out? Um, I don't know. A little bit it, ago. What was the last thing y'all heard? It was like over a minute ago now. Yeah, Sean said something about TikToks. Oh. I don't know. Sean was talking did shit. I, did I not say... Did, y'all didn't hear anything what I said? Is that... Well, we heard okay. some. Yeah, just, okay, I'll just... We heard over. about Arthur being the MVP. Yeah. Yes. Okay. Well, basically, okay. I'll just keep it short. Arthur MVP. I uh, no, yeah, Arthur MVP, and then Bossy is going to get the uh, second most amount of goals. That's a ballsy pick. I think that is. Rudy, my buddy. Okay, so I think if this whole project, you know, that started basically last year, it uh, ends up in, you know, the Dynamo making the playoffs, then I believe that Hector Herrera needs to be the MVP. You know, the you you did all this hype to bring it in. We know his qualities. Uh, can he put it together? Can he stay healthy? Obviously, that's a big question mark. He came in last season, uh, you know, with a lingering injury, or he was nursing an injury. You know, the team basically ended up getting out of uh, playoff contention, so he decided to basically step back and try to get ready for the World Cup. So, you know, there's really no excuse for him to be, uh, you know, try to hit all cylinders. So, for me. He has to be the MVP if we go, you know, um, 
into the playoffs. And then as far as who's going to score the most goals, this one's a tough one. Uh, like you said, I think the the answer is going to be Ferreira always. But I'm just going to go with, oh, uh, man, I'm kind of divided between the two new guys, Vasi and uh, and Franco. But, yeah, I, I'm going to go with Colin. I think, I, I mean, Vasi is probably going to be the one that has the most goals. Right on, right on. Yeah, uh, it is hard to pick against Ache Ache. Like, he needs to be our MVP. He needs to be the one that takes this team to another level. And I think he knows that. I think his days just, of standing in front of a stage and having tequila poured in his mouth are behind him. I I'd just like to add one quick thing. I think that Ache Ache, is the, the only reason I didn't pick him is because he just doesn't play the most important position. I think a CDM in the way that we're going to play more defensive, like, will just be in the spotlight more. And that's the only reason I didn't pick him. Yeah. I think he's going to, I think he having him next to him all season, Karaski is going to benefit immensely, but Chris, Chris, who do you got as your MVP and golden boot winner? Um, Man for MVP. I, I go back and forth um, between Sebas and Artur. I think they both will have a shout. Um, I think, uh, Colin, I think that was a fantastic thought about uh, Cabezas. He was like my favorite player uh, of that kind of Wilmer Cabrera era. So that was a fantastic throwback there. And I, I think you're right on that Artur probably should be the MVP, but I think Sebas is going to get the golden boot and therefore the MVP as well. Um, but number two goal scoring, uh, I'm really hoping it's bossy. Um, I would really like to have another goal threat on the team like that. So yeah, those, those are my picks. Well, after losing Zarek Valentin, I mean, if own goals counted, he was, a, he was a goal threat last season and the season before <laughs> poor guy. I like Zarek. I have Man, nightmares about him. God, some of those clearances. It's like, he was a great guy. Doing? He was a great guy. Just, um, just managed to put it back in our net. Like what was that? Four times in a season or whatever. It that was, was just, it was a lot unreal. What's crazy is all the guys that we cast off, they landed for the most part with with a respectable club. And we still got Junkwa who hasn't done anything. And then uh is there anybody else that we got rid of that hasn't landed anywhere? Joey? They've all gone somewhere. I'm trying to think. I don't know. Has Ian Hoffman gone anywhere? I know no. Bahamich gone somewhere. No, I think Hoffman is not MLS. I mean, Corona's USL, but he doesn't really count. He's basically been gone for two years. I don't think Hoffman's anywhere either. I think he's still a, a free agent. Did Hoffman even get a job in the USL? I don't was think Corona ever even really here. He was on the field. You had to look hard to find him, but he 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 was there from time to time. Um, Sean, what about you, man? Who do you got as our golden boot and MVP? Uh, I mean, you know, golden boot, I think is easy, but the, the second, uh, I agree with everybody else, right? The second, uh, the player coming in second, who's got the second most goals is tough. And I'm going to throw a name there that everybody's going to go, wait, what? But I think that you have to keep in mind, it's the position, uh, and it's the opportunities that, you know, Sebus is going to get rest every once in a while. Uh, you know, there are, uh, various opportunities where Sebus will, 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 you know, take a step, uh, step away or maybe don't do it hurt. again. Don't do it uh, again. My, I know what you're my second. Say. Hey, 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 you know exactly who I'm going to say. And you were scared. I, wasn't. I felt how fearful you were last season. Cause he was getting awful close to that 10 goal mark. 
Uh, and double-digit goals in MLS is, in your first season is nothing to shake a fist at. Uh, I'm going to go with Thor Ulfarsson, uh, the Iceman himself. Uh, you know, he proved last season that he has the capability to be that guy. Um, you know, that comes in, you know, comes in, in into later parts of matches and, and scores the goals that you don't expect. Uh, exactly, Chris, you've been thunderstruck. Exactly. Uh, you know, everybody's sleeping on Thor. Everybody is sleeping on Thor because, hey, Sebus is the guy. He's the man. Uh, you know, Thor is going to have to earn his way in. And I think but I think the difference is instead of them trying to push Thor into a wing position, they're going to be more likely to play him up top as a, you know, as a rotation piece, uh, you know, later in matches for Sebus. And that's exactly where he needs to be. The opportunity to head home a, a ball off a corner, off a corner kick or a set piece, the opportunity to poach a goal late. I mean, he's going to end up with, you know, 10 to 12 goals just purely off of poaching goals, um, you know, late in matches. Uh, and, and the difference is we also have set piece takers that can get the ball into the box in good positions this year. Uh, whereas last two seasons in particular, we haven't really had that. Even with, you know, Quintero, he just didn't have, especially long, you know, long range ones, didn't have the capability to really get it in there cleanly. And our set piece takers on the wings were just terrible. I mean, Memo had 90% of his, you know, corner kicks never made it into the box. Um, so, yeah, so I think Thor is that guy. As far as MVP, I, I think it depends who you're asking, right? Are we talking MVP that's being a vote by you know, the public or by media, you know, I think those are probably the same guy in Ache Ache, no matter who, you know, plays well or not, uh, it's going to be Ache Ache just because of the popularity vote. But I think if you're asking, you know, fans who who really know the game, I think I have to agree with the guys that it's going to be our tour and the difference is going to be in, you know, the, the goals against and the goals for ratio is going to be much better skewed in our favor this year. Um, I think, you know, Ben Olsen being a, a defensive minded coach is going to improve that area tremendously. But I, I think there's a piece of it in talking about the Hadevi, you know, side of things, uh, you know, Hadevi versus Bartlow versus uh, Steres, part of that conversation that gets missed out. And that's that Olsen prefers physical backs. He doesn't want backs that are, are wild and, and, and cause problems or put the rest of the defenders or the rest of the team into bad situations. And if there's one thing that Hedavi is known for, it is that he will throw caution to the wind and he will do stupid things. He is the Romel Kyoto, if you will, uh, uh, at defender at center back. And, um, you know, it's not that he has a hot head, but it's that he doesn't give a damn. Uh, he's going to do what he does. And that to me puts the team in bad positions and puts the team under duress more often than not. Uh, and if he, you know, if he misses, if he makes you know, if he does well, if he gets the ball in the tackle, it looks phenomenal. But when he misses, it looks like it's the stupidest mistake in the world. And it usually leads to a red card or at the very least a yellow card with a, uh, with a free kick opportunity right near the box or at the top of the box that puts us in a dangerous situation. Um, and I think you're just going to find Ben Olsen is much more inclined to play the veteran, you know, Starez over him. And I think Bartlow has sealed the other position. I mean, he's he's a good center back uh, who can play the ball forward. And if he's able to play the ball forward, that takes away the need for Hidebi to be that guy. Uh, and so I think by midseason, you're going to see Hidebi relegated to the bench for more often, you know, more often than not. And I think at that point, they're going to try to trade him. I think if they had an opportunity and could have made it happen, they would have traded him this offseason. You know, I'm I'm really glad that Thor is actually going to play striker this season because the Thor is a winger argument last year. I'm not going to lie; I came real close to unfollowing Colin. I was very disappointed. <laughs> I hated that conversation. I couldn't fucking stand it. I could not understand the logic between everybody calling him a wing just because he was playing there. 
But Sean, was, you make go ahead. I was Colin. saying because that's where he was played. He was played as a winger, so he was a winger last year. He hardly played up top. Well, I mean, he played out there because of necessity. Because and we yet had he's no, and one yet there. he still almost had double digit goals, as I predicted. As a winger, as a guy that is not a true winger, he still almost had the goals I predicted. So, well, almost the same. My know. body, Look, my body is, is ink free. Can't ignore it anymore. I think uh, actually, as much as I, I hate agreeing with him, I think Sean's actually right about Thor taking the uh, second most goals purely because of like what Sean said. He's going to come in and mop up. Join us, Finn. It's okay. I'll edit it all out, and it'll sound like never happened. Mm-hmm. I've been editing mm-hmm. shit all day. But I think Sean is right about Thor as the uh, the second leading goal scorer because really he's going to come in when people are tired and he's energetic and he gets around and he's going to have good support. And I wouldn't make that bet this year. I wouldn't make the bet of uh, double-digit goals for a tattoo this season with Thor. Uh, Scroggy, <laughs> I would not make the bet, man. Not this year. I think this year he could pump in 10 or 11. Boy, I know that last handful of matches you were sitting there going, like just teeth grinding fingernails down the nubs, man. That that was really, really close. And I'm just sitting there because he was doing really well for a while. And was. I was like, man, he is he's on a tear. And then he then he tapered off and, and it didn't quite go as well. But boy, I was like, boy, Finn is Finn is shaking right now, going, please don't, please don't. <laughs> but uh I would say of the starters, because you know he's a backup, I would say Baird. I'm still gonna stick with Corey having the second most goals. Of the starters, Scroggy, what do you got? Yeah, I, I mean, I was going to say something, but you brought up Baird again. I, th- I think, uh, I think a lot of us are just forgetting what Baird's actual c- ceiling is. I think his ceiling is more akin to what he displayed at uh, LA um, than what he showed at RSL. Um, but I, I was just wondering if you got. I've had this thought often myself. Um, do you think Thor is good enough that we should play two at the top? I think. No. I mean, with what we have, no, no, not with what we have, but it's it's so, a viable option. Let me ask this question and piggybacking on that because I think it's a great question. Is there a possibility that we see a four four two this year? You've got Bozzi who can play the the attacking mid role comfortably. You've got the opportunity with you know two midfielders. I think is pretty easy out wide. You've got a good defensive midfielder that can cover for the defenders. You've got two strikers you could theoretically play with. Four four two should not be off the table, especially late in matches. Yeah, I like it. Give me two strikers. I don't want to see it every match, but I think we could see that by the end of the season as kind of a rotational formation. That's one of the formations that uh, Olsen's used in the past. I mean, look if if the goals aren't coming, why not try it? You know, like if if we're not getting enough uh, looks in the attack, then. Why not throw him on? The dude will just cause chaos. Joey, what do you got? Uh, I think it's so dangerous starting a game in a four four two. I I agree, four four two is something we should be able to sub into late in a game. But we, I think that midfield will get absolutely shredded in a four four two with Herrera and Artur there. I think that's a really tough midfield to sell if you don't have it at least an attack. I think it can maybe work in a four two three one with like a double pivot of of Herrera and Artur. But really in a four four two, I think there's gonna be way too many passing lanes in there. And we're gonna rely on one of the strikers to come back and help on defense, and that kind of doesn't get you the most out of Thor. But yeah, I agree, definitely late in a game to sub Thor on for one of the midfielders and make it a four four two, I think is definitely a viable opinion. 
So you're like four three three all the way, right, Joe? I'm four three three all the way. I'm also four two three one in certain matches. I actually think we should start in a four two three one against Cincy opening day because they play that five back and we might struggle a little creativity to break them down. But right. yeah, I'm mostly four three three. Sean, what do you got? I'm gonna piggyback on that or rebut that. Uh, you know, you say that a four two four four two, you know, the the midfield would be bossed over. I, I would say last season is perfect example. So can the four three three? It's not like we were dominating midfield at any given time. Center of the pitch was basically free reign for any team that wanted it. Uh, and and so I, you know, I don't know if we can absolutely say a four four two would would be the opposite of that. I don't know, but I definitely know the four three three has plenty of opportunities to be overrun if you're not careful and. You know, no, I agree uh, with that. I think it, uh, it depends on the coach and the way it's run. I think I agree. I just wanted to throw that out there as kind oh, of a definitely. counterpoint to the oh, yeah, the 4 4 2 is you can get bossed in the midfield. I think it, you know, truth be told, it, it depends on your players. And I think Artur and, and you know, to your point, Ache Ache and, and even Coco, I think they can help solidify that a lot better than they did last year. Uh, Artur is such a huge upgrade over Vera. I don't think people realize how poor Vera was last year at that position. Um, oh, I do. I do. I do. don't. Yeah. Go, go ahead, Chris. I'll let you talk now. Just <laughs> go, go ahead. Uh, I, I, uh, I actually have this thought um, and you know, anybody that's, if you have listened to, to me on the Dynamo Faithful podcast, you'll know what's coming I, with Franco Escobar playing, being able to play center back and, and with guys like Griffin Dorsey and Brad Smith, if he's healthy and gets back hundred percent, I could totally see us going with a three, five, two. Um, because we'll, we'll have Brad Smith and, you know, Griff, I love the guy. He's just not a defender, but he tries hard and he's got lungs. So just let them bomb up the wings and play Thor and Sebus up top. We can still have three in the middle. And it, to me, like, why not just go for that? I, I don't think that that's out of the question, actually. I, I want to agree with you on that. I thought we were going to do that last year based on how we had kind of, you know, brought in some of the players. And I was shocked that we stuck with the four, three, three. Cause I thought there were opportunities to try kind of a five back or three back formation with two wing backs that push higher as almost like midfielders and, and let your other attackers stay higher up the pitch. I, I, I think there's definitely possibilities for a five, three, two. I think you're going to struggle to see, uh, you know, Ben Olsen wanting and being okay with adopting a three, five, two, even though effectively it'll still be that it'll just be that on attack on defense. It'll still be a five, three, two, but I could see it. And I, Again, I'm going to come back to Thor's legit. And and I think that Thor is that wild card X factor that the league got a taste of last season. But I don't think they realize how good that kid really can be. Did, did you say Ben Olsen is against adoption? No, I think Ben Olsen loves loves. I think he would adopt plenty of children. Does he have kids right now, Joey? Is Ben a father? I have no idea. Rudy, do you think I, I believe think, he is a father though? I believe Rudy, he's got a kid. Rudy, who do you think is a better father, Chris or Ben Olson? Has to be Ben Olson, right? I mean, easily, right? Y'all yeah. are sleeping on Chris. Come on, y'all are sleeping on Chris. You can't <laughs> you can't have a beard like that and not be a great father, right? No, not Scroggins. Put no. We're talking about yeah. With Alias. Christian, Christian. I don't know Scroggy well enough. I don't know Scroggy well enough to uh ask him about his father, his paternal instincts, but I mean, MVP in the Putalia's household has got to be uh, Chris's wife because I'm telling you what, that guy spends more time doing his thing with so many kids and I can't imagine. She's a hero. And she corrects him from the other room. That shit had me rolling. And I love that they're doing a podcast together. I think that's like the cutest thing ever. 
I cannot imagine doing a podcast with any of my exes. There's a reason they're exes. So Scroggy, you actually, uh, you go with this one here. You have the league MVP golden boot. Who do you think's winning MVP for the league? And who do you think scoring the most goals this year? And you can say anybody as long as they don't play in Texas. Oh man, you're going to hate this. Um, I just being as objective as I can, and it really hurts me to say this, but I think the MVP next year is going to be Drew Yossi. Um, They added Zardes. He's never played with a forward as good as Zardes, which is saying something because Zardes is, you know, on the decline. They also signed Will Bruin just because Will hates us. Um, but, uh, but yeah, I, I think Driussi will probably be the league MVP, the Landon Donovan trophy MVP guy. And I think the golden boot will actually be Brandon Vasquez. Uh, if, if he stays in Cincinnati, um, he was only five off the pace last year. And I think he's only going to get better. Yeah, those are, uh, Vasquez is a good pick. That boy's good. I think, uh, man, anyway, I'm not, I'm not going to go into it. I'll do mine at the end. Rudy, league MVP, golden boot, who you got? Oh, the MVP is easy, man. I think uh, Memo Rodriguez is going to get like 20 assists to Chicharito. Love so, it. You know, I'm, I'm kidding. I'm here for that. I'm here for that. I'm I know Sean is a big uh, Memo fan, so kind of give him some love there. But no, I think, uh, you know, it's difficult to say just because I feel that even the players that you just touched on, uh, Idrusi, I think he's really thinking like of maybe leaving. Um, it looked like they were trying to get him, you know, somewhere in Europe or England or wherever, um, to play. So, you know, I don't know if his psyche's all there. I feel like Austin in general just played above their means last season. So I don't expect it to happen again. That's just my perception of it. Um, so for me, I think the MVP will probably come out of either LAFC or Philadelphia again. It'd be pretty easy to say Carlos Vela to win it, but it's, it's just difficult I, to pick a specific player. Hey, have you have you seen the Obama Yang rumors? Because if he yeah, comes here. He, he doesn't want to come to at the MLS, but. He's not know. ready to retire yet. No, but I mean, Chelsea's doing whatever they can to just drop the guy. So I hate Chelsea. Um, I stand and I'm pretty sure LAFC kind of goes and does weird things with with Don Garver at his office, bro. They cook in the books. Something. Yeah, dude. It's it's kind of sketchy. But um man, now as far as a uh who's gonna get the most goals, it could be some let me see. You mentioned Brandon Baskets, which I kinda he he's been pretty solid. Uh but I'm gonna go with the kid the if my thing will browse so I can pronounce the name correctly here. <laughs> uh the uh the uh Carol. Carol was it Sidersky, the guy Spiderski. from Sidersky. Uh, yeah, Char uh, Charlotte. Charlotte FC. Yeah, Charlotte. Yeah, I think that's the guy that may get uh you know more more goals. He was pretty good last season. Uh Charlotte had picked up a couple players as well that are intriguing. So I offensively. So I could see him being the uh the gold golden boot winner. You know, Sean, last year I put my body on the line for the sake of our friendship in a bet. Would you take the bet that if Memo Rodriguez combines for 10 goal involvements, you'd get a memo tattoo? Would you do it? That is a really tough ask. Uh 
You know what? Yeah. Yeah. I'll make the bet. But if I'm putting down for that level of bet, there I has to be something down. going the other way. Nope. There was nothing going away last year. Last no, no, year no, no. Was... This, this, this will be a lot, a lot easier for you. Uh, no, no, no. Last year, there was nothing going your way. I took it because I knew in my heart that Thor wasn't going to bag 10. Yeah, boy, season. you were, you were sweating it and you didn't think it was going to be that good. I was only sweating when my air went out. <laughs> that's fair. Uh, no, I, I, I think that's a fair bet. I, I think it, it. I could see him doing seven or eight, but I think ten for him is is probably on the high end because I don't I don't foresee him getting that many minutes up there. I don't. That somebody picked them to win the league, the Galaxy. Somebody or picked them to win the West. I, I think they're they're sleeping on LAFC. So I don't know how anybody picks no. against LAFC right now. Still, and uh, we're gonna jump over to who's next, and that's uh, that's Colin. Colin, who do you got as a league MVP and a golden boot winner? All right. Well, my league MVP, I'm probably going to go – okay, I'll start off with my my uh, top score. I think it's going to be Cucho Hernandez from uh, from Columbus Crew. He was uh, absolutely lighting out a fire last season for Columbus and uh, – you know, Columbus look a lot better, especially, especially with Wilfred Nancy. I know they just let go of uh, Jonathan Minson, which is a big loss, but Wilfred Nancy looks like to be a good coach. I think he's going to be the top scorer. And I'm going to go with maybe not a so popular pick, but I'm going to pick Gazdag from Philadelphia Union to be the uh, the league MVP. He was just so good last year. And honestly, like, I think a lot of uh, European teams could use a guy like him. He's very very much above the level of MLS. He's a very good player. And I think Philadelphia are going to be good again, especially with uh, the players that they have. So that's my picks. Well, until Jim Curtin becomes the assistant coach of the men's team and the downward oh, spiral will pop. So you think, that you, will think happen. you think Cucho is going to pop this year, huh? I really do think it's going to be him. I was stuck between him or uh, what's the striker from San Jose? I always forget his name. Abobasi. Yeah, Ooh, I think it's either – I was stuck on a Bobasi because he, he screwed us last year many times. I think he scored on us both games that we played against San Jose. He screwed us, and he's I, a very good player as well. And I they kinda, look a lot better. I kind of hope Cucho wins because then we can say pop that Cucho. Pop that Cucho, baby. Pop pop that. It's just a good, it's good play on words. Works. Are you familiar with the song? No. Oh, Jesus. Did you but even have a childhood – did you even have a childhood? It was Pop That Coochie was the song. I had a great childhood. Do you know what popping that coochie entails, Colin? I do know what that entails. Okay. Okay. Then we'll move on. I don't want to get into the dirty, dirty talk yet. Uh, Sean, save the best for last. League MVP Golden Boot, who you got? Uh, yeah, I think uh, I'm intrigued by the Gazdag pick. Gazdog, however you want to pronounce it. Uh, I think Drew AC is a, is a good shout, but uh, I'm going to go a different route. I think actually MVP this year is going to go to none other than Brandon Vasquez, who I think is going to have even more assists than he had last year. And he had eight assists, which is still a damn good season. Um, but I think that uh, he's just in a position uh, with Brenner playing there with him uh, and, and the other players of Cincinnati getting better uh, this offseason. Um, and the moves that Cincy made, there make no mistake about it, they have gotten significantly better. Um, he's going to have more opportunities. Now I'm going to disagree on the Golden Boot, even though I'm picking him for the uh, for the MVP. I think Golden Boot is actually going to be Brenner this year. I think uh, you look at the partnership that they had throughout the season. Um, 
And I, I, there's just enough opportunity for Vasquez to still get the assist, still get, you know, plenty of goals. But I think Brenner, you know, you look at it, he had, you know, 24 uh, starts, you know, seven other appearances other than that and still scored 18 goals uh, with six assists. I mean, the kid is, you know, he's quality, he's capable. Uh, and I think if Vasquez is, you know, kind of feeding him a little bit and vice versa, then that's going to continue to be such a great partnership. And um, yeah, I, I just think all bets are off there. So I think, I think until you defeat the King, you got to pick the King. And I'm going to say Haney Mukhtar leads the league in goals again, unless there's an injury that I'm missing. He didn't lead the league in goals. Who did he not? Yes, he did. He didn't. He had 23. Uh, Derisi had 25. No, did he really? I'm looking at who scored right now. Uh, I'm going to go with Mukhtar just to be different. Just because I won't, I won't say that other guy's name. Tell me, what do you got? I see your hand up. Uh, so I actually, I really like the the pick for Vasquez MVP. I think the one thing is with Brenner as the golden boot, he might not be playing there much longer because he almost left like a few weeks ago. So I think that's an interesting pick. If yeah. He, if so the almost Vasquez left definitely could. Yeah. The almost left. You have to look between the lines. It wasn't related to him being upset or anything. It was because he's having family issues back home um, and he was trying to deal with that. Uh, and so they've given him space to deal with that during preseason. And so he'll be back and trust me, he's going to be playing hard. So I wouldn't, oh, I wouldn't, sure. I wouldn't read that direction into it. Just giving you a heads up now. So, I, sounds- I, did, I did like Rudy's answer for Swiderski because he's actually my pick for MVP. Ooh. I think, I think, I think it's Swiderski, a good pick. I think it's a good pick. I think Swiderski is going to maybe slot more into that second forward, that 10 position. Cause they brought in, uh, what the hell's his name? The guy from Argentina. I don't Got know. Betty? Yeah. And I think I think Swiderski is going to drop in that deeper position and be more of a playmaker. And I think he's going to see maybe 15 to like 20 goals and then add like another 10 to 15 assists onto that. I think he's a special player. Yeah, I think uh, speaking of family problems back home, that was really nice of Greg Berhalter to let Gio Reyna deal with his family issues instead of playing him on the men's team. And now if you watch Gio, he's he's trying over there in Germany. And uh, what's Claudio up to these days? Anybody know? He's still an advisor for the team we hate. So I don't Good. know if much has changed for him. To Good. Be he fit, fits right in, a little backstabbing cancer. <laughs> it fits right in. He's Can we just say one thing to rile up the Austin fans who may still be listening for some strange reason? Oh, they don't listen. Uh, yeah, they do. Uh, I find it uh, find it very hilarious how uh, they continue to take our scraps. I mean, Will Bruin, Memo, not Memo, uh, Will Bruin, uh, Lundqvist. Yeah, that was the other one. Lundqvist. And Maxi's so, still there. Uh, Maxi's still there. Uh, they wanted Joe Corona <laughs> for oh, a while too. So I mean, you're they, right. Yeah, yeah. Surprised no one said you're Rudy for Golden Boot. No, <laughs> you know, the only time a Rudy's going to see a Golden Boot is if Mukhtar plants it in his ass. Surprised no one said Agata either. That's probably my pick. That's a song, isn't it? Yeah, I thought about Agata because I think he's that he's that dark horse underdog. But uh, I, I just don't, I don't see him putting forward enough throughout this entire season. You know, and and he's still, he's still kind of feeling things out a little bit. But yeah, definitely. We'll, we'll see with Polito too, because with Poli- if Polito's not playing, you know, and Agata could just be that solid number nine. They'll play through him all game. Yeah, he'll score goals for fun. But if Polito's there, they'll have to share a bit. So yeah. it's all going to depend. But Polito, you can't count on him being fit ever. So all right, so we have uh, listener questions. 
Colin has to get off at four. Con, we will be done by four because I have to take a nap at four because I have a long evening. Listener questions. Number one, coming from uh, Julio. Julio says, what do the stat lines for Bossy and Franco, Yvonne Franco, have to look like for us to consider their 2023 season a success? Personally, I think Bossy needs to have 10 goal involvements at least to be a success, combined goals and assists. And as far as Franco, I'd like to see him touch. I'd like to see Franco kind of be like a Thor, but with less goals and more assists. So I think Franco could touch seven or eight, maybe nine, but I think Bossy needs to be over 10 in order for that stat line to be a, uh, a success. Colin, what are the stat lines for those two got to look like for you in order to consider their season a success? Well, yeah, I was thinking the same exact stat line in my head on the, the 10 goal goal contributions for Bossy. I mean, we paid Max Tam 1.5 million for Bossy, and he has a good pedigree coming from the second division of France, which I don't think is better than the MLS, but he also was on loan at the second division of, of England, which in my mind is a top 10 league in its, in its own right. So it's it's definitely on a higher level than MLS, and he was probably one of the better players for one of the worst teams in that, that league. So I think we need minimum 10 goal involvements and there just won't be any success this season. If there's anything less than that, that's the minimum I can accept. And yeah. for Franco, I think I like, I mean, I, it sounds like I'm copying, but I, I like what you said. I think it needs to be kind of what Thor was. Maybe if four, like if, if Thor had put away two or three more of those chances that he had, that he missed last season. And I forgave him because he was a rookie. But if, if Franco does maybe like, five goals two assists or flip-flop like two goals five assists okay that's yeah, I th- fine i think the two five is is definitely but more at likely. the same time like what do you de- like define success we're not going to pay 3.5 million dollars for a guy that got two goals and five assists so it's like that would re- so if you're basing success on if we're gonna buy him or not then he needs like he needs more like Six goals and nine assists. 3.5 million? Is that what you said? Maybe Joe Stats can correct me if I'm wrong. But I think that was like that this... was like our total TAM we built up from selling. I don't think that was we didn't pay that much for anybody, did we? That's his no. that's his that's his buy clause. We oh, have we're not paying loan. permanent. We Lock. have him on loan. But that's but that's what I'm trying to figure out is what we're basing success on. Because if we don't buy him, then it really wasn't success anyways. Well, success is going to be playoffs. I think I think everybody can kind of agree. Joey, you had your hand up, stud. What's up? So that's, that's the, what Colin was just saying was the point I was going to bring up with Franco. I think in order for him to say we had a successful season, I think he has to do enough to make us want to purchase him permanently. Again, $3.5 million, That's a pretty big sum. And if we buy him, he's going to be a DP next year. So if he, if to consider him a successful season, he has to put up DP numbers. Or numbers that we think he can improve upon to be a DP next year. If he's so, if he's gonna be a sorry sorry sorry. Uh, I, was, I would say I probably if to consider Franco a, a success, I want to see at least ten, either ten goals or ten assists. One of them needs to get into double Jeez. digits and maybe add another five in the other category. He needs to be damn good. That's not. If I can't see that happening. Good, Colin. If he's really gonna be a DP, like he needs to be starting over Baird ten games in the season, like, and that's not the shit on Baird. If if we have a D, if we have a player that could potentially be a DP and he hasn't even earned a starting role, then there's no hope. Like there's no hope for him. 
I can't I can't see him putting DP numbers up. I mean, the, the numbers, Joey, that you're quoting to me, that would be like something Fredetta's gonna do. You know, that has to be Fredetta's easy, easy season. But I don't I don't see Franco doing that. I don't see Franco touching 10 goal involvements. So question two, and we're gonna go Rudy then Sean. Question two comes from Joe. I didn't buddy. get to answer question one. What the hell? We're doing two per question because we got to move this along. Two oh, people right. per question. Mm-hmm. I got you. I got you. I know what I'm doing sometimes. So bad guy, Chris. Joey, what's his nickname? Bitch guy, Chris. That's the one. Oh, I was going to put his audio in this episode from that Flastic Instagram. Flastic guy, Chris. That, that fucking, he's got two questions. Chris says, what poo poo? What shitty MLS team from last year are you scared the most of this year? Who do you got, Rudy? Which shit team scares you? The Dynamo. That's what I was gonna say. Ah, um, maybe San Jose. Actually, San Jose had some good pickups, but I don't think it's enough to to be super dangerous. I think we're that team. I think you're right. I think that we are that team because we were shit and we are completely different. But yeah, man, I'm with you on that one. Uh, Sean, my buddy, which shitty team from last year scares you the most? SKC. How shitty were they? Where they, they finish were up? Pretty bad. Finished above us, but they were still pretty bad. Well, most people finished above us. I mean, they didn't make playoffs, so they were pretty bad. Fair enough. Fair play. I guess we could. We could. Uh, Chris Scroggins. I haven't talked to you yet about this one. Which shitty team from last year are you scared about? Uh, it's the Dynamo for sure, just because of the emotional harm they can do to me. I know they can be very damaging. They caused Sean to hibernate for. Sean hasn't been on the internet. How... When's the last time you were on a podcast, Sean? I don't know. End of season. God, it's been so long. How much does it kill you guys that Sporting Kansas City had a terrible year and somehow we were still worse than them? That just like it keeps me up at night. I get so angry about it. You know what I mean? Anybody yeah, else? They didn't even have half their team the whole year. You, you know, let me let me help you guys feel a little bit better about things, right? So keep in mind that 75 to 80% of our season was with Paolo Nugmer as our coach, which should have never happened. Um, clearly not a not a coach fit for this team, not a co- coach fit for MLS, not a coach fit for head coaching uh, at a professional level. Uh, and, you know, proof is in the pu- pudding, right? You look at how we played in those last five matches under Bundy, and, and the truth is the team was a lot better than they showed in the, you know, 30 some odd matches before that. So I I think that the end result does not match what the team was capable of doing. And a lot of that lie in, or, you know, fell to how bad our coaching was. Uh, And so even just improving coaching, which from Nagamura to Ben Olsen, there's no doubt there is an improvement there. Um, You know, even an improvement in coaching should yield a, you know, pretty decent uptick in, in terms of quality of play on the pitch. Would y'all say that Ben Olsen is the right hire? Because I really feel for this point nope. in our in our lives, I think he is. So Sean says nope. no. Nope. Who else? Who thinks Olsen was um, the right or wrong hire? I think it's in the middle. I don't think he was the wrong hire, but I don't think he was like the perfect hire. He's not the savior. But hey, I don't think I, he's a bad hire. Yeah, can I clarify my statement? When I say no, I'm referring to was he the the hire that we should have gone with? The answer is no. Was he good enough? I mean, yes, but like I said, you're going from Paula Nagamura, so really any coach, it's like, you know, the bar is so low that effectively any coach could have rolled over that bar and probably still been better than Paulo. Ben is such a wild card to me card to me because he, he, you know, went to the playoffs, I want to say six out of ten seasons in DC, 
won a U.S. Open Cup, but also like had that wooden spoon season where they got three wins. You know, like I, I just, I, I don't know what to expect out of the season with Ben. Um, just talent wise, I think we should be like you know, kind of borderline playoff team. Um, but uh, I, but when I think who would take this job, right? Who would want this job where you have Pat Onstat just insisting on dipping his fingers into the tactical kind of stuff? You know, like it seems like Ben hasn't really gotten to hire his own staff. His staff's been hired for him. You know, like who would want this job then? And I think Ben Olsen's the best we could get. But uh, I I mean, I, I just can't think of who else would, would have taken this, you know? Well, you know, when I posted... A while back, when we hired Olson, I posted a stat line, and I said, would you take a coach with these numbers? And they were Jim Curtin's numbers, and everybody said no. I think that Olson will be just fine. I do. And uh, if it fails, it is 100% on Pat because yeah, but that's, he's done that's all this. That's apples to oranges, dude. That's apples to oranges. Uh, Curtin is supported by the, the Philadelphia Union Academy system, which – you know, Ernie Stewart helped build. They've got an incredible system there, and and that's that's like Jim's thing. Is like it's a it's a different beast than what Ben is walking into right now. I don't think that's the appropriate comparison. I see what you're doing, right? Curtin had terrible beginning years in Philadelphia. They all wanted his head, but but the they built that academy system that's probably what the premier academy system in in the MLS right now. Um, and so I, I think that's just like, I don't think that's an appropriate comparison there. Um, maybe, but you're saying that Curtin had support and the DC United supporters came out and said that Ben Olsen was never backed. So it is apples to oranges because Curtin has had support. They built it from the ground up, but Olsen, they were throwing shit at the wall to see what stuck. And he still made yeah, the playoffs but, in six, 10 years. But I, I don't see the support system that Curtin has in Philly even being start even starting to be built here is like the foundations aren't aren't even laid yet like we were just talking earlier in this conversation about how like we don't care about our academy kids you know and that's been the lifeblood of philadelphia sure they sprinkle in a couple of veterans here and there you know um but but the lifeblood of that of that program there is is their academy system and we don't even have that foundation so I mean, it feels like it feels like Ben uh, is walking into a a really difficult situation. And if we're building towards a Philadelphia type deal, great. We're going to have to be really patient with Ben, and we're going to have to suffer with this team even longer. Uh, we will see incremental improvement, but again, I'll, I'll go back to it. Who else could we have gotten? You know, who else would have wanted to take this job? Yeah, the fans pick in Tata Martinez after it came out what he told Ache Ache. Uh, I quickly soured on him. But at the same, you know, the, the, I would agree with you. The, 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 the goal of this business is to develop, sell, and make a profit and win. But if you look at the teams that have won consistently, they do spend money. You look at LAFC, you look at the Galaxy, you look at Seattle. These guys spend the money and they go get the big players. And at the end of the day, the money has beaten out the academies. And that could change. I mean, look at Dallas. You could, I would say Dallas is the premier academy. Or Philly. It's one or the other. But Dallas hasn't won shit. And and what has Philly won? Have they won anything? Open Cup? No, we beat them. What have they won? Sporter Shield. Okay. So that's like a that's like a runner-up trophy. 
Colin, what do you and got? They've made it to the final. What you got, Colin? I just wanted to uh, chime in and say that there is a preseason game today that I didn't even know about. Yeah, Impact. Yeah, Montreal. So, Chris is Chris has flooded us with questions. Here's another good one. My girl got double D's. Any advice to handle all that? Yeah, Chris, phone a friend. Call a friend. Joey, what would you do if you were Chris? That was Chris. Uh, hmm. Oh, there's so many ways you could take that. Yeah. <laughs> God, Chris. <laughs> this is a hard question, man. I would just love up on him, dude. Yeah, a little just, motorboat. Just handle them like a man. Just rest on them like two beautiful little pillows. Two yeah. large, large pillows. Scroggy, what do you think uh Chris should do with all this all this cleavage he's got in his life? I mean, that's just kinda up to him, I think. And yeah, whatever. It's his life. He can live it. Oh, he does live it. He tells us about it. But I do the same thing. I love Chris. Chris's last question is aimed at Joey. We're Arsenal half season wonders. So let's start with the Spurs fans first. Uh, I'll say yes. Sean? Uh, no. Ew. How do I boot Sean? Where's the button? <laughs> Go ahead. Kick me. Go ahead. Be my guest. Scroggy, I know you're a Spurs fan. What about you? Arsenal once at one half season wonders? I am absolutely not a Spurs fan. And how dare you? I support I you the were. London Originals. Fulham. Fulham, baby. Oh. The last... at, least I can't, at least I can't hate you for that. Who is it that no likes one Because uh... Fulham's the best club in London. That's why. <laughs> oh, it's Sinsky. Sinsky likes Tottenham. No, Sinsky's a Man U guy. Uh, Which one of y'all is a Tottenham fan? One of y'all is. Um, there's a there's several of them. Uh, Zach, Manny, and uh, Kyle are all Tottenham. Uh, Jake is a Liverpool guy, and then Emmett and Ian are Arsenal, and then I'm I'm the Fulham guy. All right, so, so. Emmett and Emmett and Ian can never come on. And Manny and Jake, <laughs> Manny and Jake need to get on more. Fulham, I mean, Fulham doesn't ever worry me. I'm upset with how Cesarion has developed. He's been up, he's been a bust so far, and as good as he yeah, was but, in Fulham. I mean, thanks for the cash. That was really kind of you. It's helped us buy some other players. So, well, when you're as big thanks. as Spurs, we got that shit to burn. We can drop sixty million dollars on players that never pan out. <laughs> we dropped sixty-five million on backups. That's great. That's great. And that ain't That's good. Great. And that ain't good. Well. Man, there ain't nothing you can say to me that would bring me down right now because uh, Fulham's having one of the best seasons we've had in like a century. And, Tim uh, Reeb. Dude, that William goal was wild. William. Dude, I, I jumped out of my seat for that William goal. Oh, man. Yeah, where just, was that at Arsenal? Dude, he was saving it for us, I guess. He I left, don't know. It, he left uh, it in Chelsea. He left it in the other part of London. Yeah, he, he likes, it back. He likes South it. London. I think Tim just is sharing the uh, elixir of youth with him, and that's that's what's going on. And um, yeah, it's just uh, it's just a great season for us. I'm happy. I know that we're not going to stay up in sixth where we are right now because we've got like two games more played than everybody else. So we'll probably settle around, you know, ninth, tenth. But uh, I mean, come on, the we're, Europa we're just... Europa Conference would be huge for Fulham. That'd be a big deal. That's, think, that should be the shot. Yeah. It would also kill us because we don't have the depth. Um, but uh, if if we got Europe, man, I, I mean, just it's ice. We're playing with house money at this point, man. We're uh, we've got thirty five points. You know, forty points the magic number for us. 
soon as we get that, the rest is just cake, man. And I'm happy. I couldn't believe that it took them that long to put Reem on the men's team. Like it, it, they, they missed opportunities to play him more. He was, he's been quality for a long time and he just gets forgotten. He gets well, forgotten. He's played in the, he was playing in the championship so much and they tend to just overlook the championship because it's a second division. And really it's better than, you know, 99% of the first divisions. Out yeah. There. I, I don't understand that, man. When, when I saw Reem, I was like, okay, that makes sense. But when I didn't see him, I was like, why is he not there? Zero sense to me. All right. We are getting right towards the end. Um, of course, I have one last question for everybody because it wouldn't be the show if we didn't. But we got to plug shows. So, Rudy, I haven't heard from you in a while. Put the FIFA controller down. And tell us about the all-new, hot, red-hot Bayou City Soccer podcast. Yeah, man. So you probably mentioned the news earlier that uh, Dynamo Theory is no more. It should be gone pretty quickly in a couple of weeks, probably. But uh, now we are into uh, definitely new horizons, man. We're looking into uh, continue to cover the team like we've been doing and probably even better. And we're ready for the season to start. But now as a new name as Bayou City Soccer. So you can find the website at BayouCitySoccer.net. Uh, check our social medias. I think it, literally everything is Bayou City Soccer. So there's no way to get lost when you're find, looking for us and whether it be uh, Instagram, Facebook, uh, Twitter, whatever world you want to be in and find us. Everything's linked there. And yeah, no, we're, we're excited. We have a podcast. Uh, we try to drop an episode uh, every Wednesday morning. So definitely check us out, man. Yeah, I was uh, I was sad to hear the news. It seems like Apple and their 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 monopoly now over MLS has cost a lot of people work. Glenn Davis, that was heartbreaking. But uh, Sean, Sean, who's back from hibernation, out of his cave to support the Dynamo. What are you guys going to be up to over there, at Gen Orange? Oh, probably much of the same. Uh, we're going to definitely live stream on Twitch. Uh, we were doing for the second half of the season, we went uh, concurrent live streams on YouTube, but that may be changing due to Twitch's policies. Thanks, Twitch. Uh, but uh, VOD is definitely up on YouTube, but you can catch us at twitch.tv slash Generation Orange. I'm pretty sure is what our thing is. Oh, it's been a while. Sounds about right. Sure. Let's go with that. And Scroggins, who is representing the army of Dynamo Faithful, you guys have like a literally almost an entire soccer team on staff. Tell us about where we can find you. Yeah. Um, on Instagram and on Twitter at dynamo underscore faithful and, um, on your, you know, preferred podcast provider. And, um, yeah, that's, that's where you can find us all 18,000 of us. And then, uh, the young man who graduated from SoundCloud. I remember those days, Colin, where, what's up with y'all and keeping tabs. Oh man, we got a lot of new plans going on. We're we're trying to get on on weekly, but school just has has us tied down mostly. But we got a bunch of new plans coming up, especially for when games start. So uh get on that. But to find us, uh you can go to Twitter and it's at keeping tabs pod and we upload to Spotify, Apple Music, no longer SoundCloud, because you actually have to pay for that. And why was I pay why would I pay for SoundCloud when I can get Spotify for free? Thank you. So Colin, Colin, are you saying that your education is more important than providing Dynamo coverage to our fans? Is that what you're telling us? My priorities are way out of order. They are. I would not be focused on school. In fact, the first time I tried it, I definitely was not focused on school. 
Um, and last, uh, Joey, who has been, he's been making the rounds. Joey, we're going to find you in a couple of places, aren't we? Yeah. And you find me, you can find me here on Dynapod. You can find me on Twitter at Joe Chabala 10. And you can find me also on Bay City Soccer with Rudy. Joey's like Roy Kent. He's here. He's there. He's every fucking where. Joey Stats. Uh, boys and girls, I got one last question. One last question. Um, and it's not too gross because Scroggins, I know, uh, I don't want to gross you out. We're not going to go dirty, dirty. So question is this. If you had to choose between drinking bleach, drinking a cup of bleach, or losing Hector Herrera for the season, what would you do? And we'll start with Colin because I know he's in college and they put all sorts of weird shit in their bodies. I mean, I'll just drink bleach. Oh boy. Now your priorities are back. I would die for the dynamo. I'd put my life on the line for the dynamo. I would take a bullet for the dynamo. You should join El Batallon because that's the mindset. Those guys are fucking loyal. Scroggy, would you rather drink a cup of bleach or lose Achayache for the whole year? Uh, man, just going off of uh, Hector's performance last year, I'd lose Hector. Oh. What if it was like flavored bleach? Like you could put a, like a packet of Propel water mix in it to flavor it up. I don't I don't think there's a flavor that can cover <laughs> cover the uh searing chemical burns that I would feel. So uh Sayonara, Hector. All right, Sean. Sean, who remember when we took flack for uh, what STD we'd be willing to acquire for a playoff berth? Do you remember that? No, I don't, but sure. I remember I remember the conversation. I don't remember taking flack for it. Oh yeah, it was it was it was brought up in some uh, some rooms. That place, oh. we, the place we, the place that we don't talk about, the place I'm not uh, allowed to go. Uh, uh, Cup of bleach uh, or Ache Ache season ending injury? Uh, Ache Ache season ending injury. Uh, I don't think he's nearly as important to this club as people think. And uh, honestly, losing him to a season ending injury would open up an extra slot. So uh, yeah, why not? I don't know how to feel about that response, aside from hurt. Joey, bleach. Free Brooklyn Reigns. That's what I think. So you're you're hurting Ache Ache too? Yeah. I'll right, bring so the bat to the uh, next open practice. That's what I was about to say. Like if Ache Ache ends up getting Nancy Kerrigan, you all need to look at Ring Rose because he did it. Rudy, are you drinking bleach? You know, as a fellow Mexican national fan myself, there's no World Cups. Not that it mattered that we did all right or not. So no. I I I want Achacha can get hurt. I'm kind of with Joey. I would love to see maybe Brooklyn Reigns or someone else step in. Well, look, I'll tell you what I'll do. I will drink Joey, Rudy, Sean, and Scroggins bleach to save Achacha and save this club. Because that's what that's how I think how important he is. Boys, any last words? Man, this was fun. Uh Thanks for having me on. Thanks for organizing this, Finn. No problem, man. We do it every now and again. It was very well done. I enjoyed talking some Dynamo with y'all as always. Oh, it's going to be a good year. Thanks for the invite, man. We only lost connection like three times. Twice. And once was Colin. No, it was definitely three times. Was it three? Yeah, you lost it twice, but Colin lost it the third time. But it still counts as three lost connections. Well, Sean, I need a longer cord. Okay. That's what... 
she Look, said. it's not it's not how long it is, it's how you use it. That's not true. That is 100 percent untrue. That's what they tell you to make you feel better. No, it's not. No, true. it is absolutely it's not true. true. It is not. All right, Rudy, true. is that true? What was the question again? <laughs> it was more of a statement. That's a response of a man who does not want to answer the question. Sean said it's not the, not the size of the cord. It's how you man. I I'd have to punch holes in the wall to get it to reach. The cord, the cord. Anyway, uh, guys, thank you for <laughs> thank you for uh, thank you for stopping by. Uh, you can catch all these guys on their own individual podcasts. You can catch my better half Joey here, there, and every fucking where. Uh, you can catch me tonight at midnight at the Secret Group, telling jokes and hopefully doing better than last night. Last night was an average set. I was not happy, but it was like my first big show. But uh, other than that, let's kick some ass and go Dynamo. He's got Ferreira at the far post. Can he get a shot off? It's Ferreira to get his second. Yes, he does. Goes in off the hands of JT Marcinkowski. Zebus Ferreira. Big shout out to my favorite band, Familiar with Failure, for the introductory music. You can find them at FWFTX on all social media platforms. Once again, that's familiar with failure. Check them out. Badass band. Cool ass people.